What's up, everyone, and welcome to the show. Before we get this episode started, I want to talk to you guys about Ready Nutrition. Ready Nutrition is for athletes who love to outwork the odds. They are a sports nutrition brand that not only has great products, but more importantly, has a great message, and that is why I am super grateful to be working with them as a brand ambassador. Anyone that knows me knows that I am very particular about what I put into my body. I want minimal ingredients, no sugar, all natural and high protein foods that help fuel my workouts and my day, and Ready Nutrition is exactly that. They have a full lineup of supplements like protein powder, protein bars, protein puffs, and protein water. The Ready Protein Water is one of the most unique items I've ever seen. There is no sugar, 1 gram of carbs, 0 grams of fat, and 15 grams of protein per bottle. They are the perfect pre or post workout drink or if you just need a snack with extra protein. Oh, and they taste amazing. I want to work with brands who share the same values as me, and Ready Nutrition does exactly that. Hard work conquers all, and it's not about where you start, it's about where you finish. I have a special offer for all my listeners. If you go to readyismade.com and use my referral code, ANTHONYP20, you can save 20% off your first order. Then, once you love the product as much as I do, you can go back to readyismade.com and order more while using my code in the referral box when you get to checkout. This will help support me and also help Ready Nutrition know who sent you. I wouldn't recommend a product if I didn't fully believe in it, so head to readyismade.com and try it out today. That's readyismade.com, R-E-A-D-Y-I-S-M-A-D-E. Dot com and use my referral code Anthony P twenty A N T H O N Y P twenty to save twenty percent off your first order and then when you go back enter my code again in the referral box and that shows that you support me and it also shows that you support Ready Nutrition. I appreciate it. Um, I think you guys are gonna love the products just as much as I do. I definitely would give it a try, especially the protein water. It's one of the one of the best products I've ever used, and, and I've used a lot over the course of my life. I appreciate you guys. Let's dive into the episode. Tobias Pinson joining me. And uh, Coach, first and foremost, thank you so much for uh, hopping on the podcast. I, I really, really appreciate it. For those who don't know, you know, uh, Coach used to be a Division One, Division II um, assistant women's basketball coach. Um, now he is the owner of Hoop Juice, a recruiting and college uh, placement service. And Coach, you know, before we dive in, I kind of want to give you the floor, you know, to kind of tell people your background in terms of, you know, where you've been. It's, you have kind of an interesting story because you went from coach to, you know, now you have your own recruiting service and things like that. So if you wouldn't mind, just kind of fill everybody in on, on um, you know, what coaching was like. And even we could even talk about, I know you were a college player, you know, as well. So like, let's just kind of backtrack and let's start from the beginning and just let people know, you know, what your story is. Oh wow! You're talking about backtracking way back to college. Man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, we, yeah, we, 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 let's just go. You know, coach. Coach was a hooper. Let's just put it like that. Now, next, you know, now, now we can talk about your coaching. Yeah, well, it kind of the journey kind of goes hand in hand. Now that you mentioned that, um, so I started off. I uh, went to Winthrop University. I was a walk on there under Coach Randy Peel. 
uh, was playing there. And, uh, you know, we had a great year. He's a great guy. But, you know, in, in college athletics, things happen. And he ended up getting fired my freshman year. And in came Pat Kelsey. And um, Pat Kelsey gave me an opportunity to stay in as a walk-on. But obviously being a walk-on, man, I wanted to get back to a level I could play at. Uh, you know, it's just different coming from high school, playing you know, damn near every minute in the game to, to going to college and not not playing a lot. So I ended up going to a junior college called Spartanburg Methodist um, in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, we had a, a Cinderella run, man. We went 30, 35-1, uh, lost in the Final Four. And uh, from junior college, I was hoping to go to Claflin University. They had a coaching change in May. I, I brought in a guy, but he ended up leaving in June. I hadn't signed any paperwork, any financial aid, anything of that nature. So they kind of essentially put me out of the game that late, really didn't have anybody kind of helping me and guiding me um, outside of my junior college coach. So I ended up going to USC Upstate for a year, and that's kind of where I kind of really fell in love with coaching. I had a chance to be a practice player for the Converse College uh, girls basketball team uh, my junior year. Uh, so that happened, and at the end of my junior year, that coach at Converse ended up getting fired that I was a practice player for, and in came a new coach uh, named Beth Kucher. Um, she had a very, very notorious background, coached at Butler for 10 years as the head coach, is now as an assistant at Purdue. And uh, I knew I wanted to get into coaching, and I, I felt like I just went to her and asked her, like, hey, what, what can I do for you? Can I be a volunteer on your staff? And that's what started me in college athletics. And from there, I coached Division One, Division Two, been at Winthrop, <coughs> excuse me, Winthrop University, University of South Carolina Upstate, uh, Charleston University, uh, University of Charleston, I'm sorry, in West Virginia, uh, Washington University in Ohio. So kind of bounced around a little bit, man, worked for a lot of head coaches, a lot of great people, um, and uh, ended up starting my company uh, around this time last year, March 2019, uh, really geared towards college placement, not necessarily uh, doing write-ups and things like that, but literally you know, helping players find homes that may have gone under-recruited for whatever reason. Now let now let me ask you this. This is something I always like to uh, to ask any anybody that gets on the women's side of basketball. What what made what attracted you like to that side? I know that they're you know they're different games, and and I I'm a guy that I don't care if it's middle school basketball, girls basketball. I don't care what basketball. I love basketball, so I'm 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 for it, and I'm always interested to kind of hear you know what what drew you that way, or maybe did it just kind of happen that way, or, or how that all come about? I know you were a practice player, but like how like what made you want to do that? Uh, good question, man. Um, just you know, going from not playing my from my sophomore to junior year, I just it was a gap. I had been a hooper my whole life. So I ended up obviously being that practice player and it kind of just fell in my, fell in my lap. Essentially. I was like, well, I know I want to coach. I'm not doing anything. My, you know, my senior year, I was like, this is a good time to get in there. And then obviously the lady that I had the chance to work for, uh, she was very prestigious and in, in, in high in the coaching ranks. So I was like, let me try to get under her wings and do whatever she needs to help grow this program. So uh, I actually never coached men's basketball, like ever, even on the, Break league level, so I've always been in women's. Nice, yeah. See, I like that. See, because I'm a, I'm a big, you know, I have a lot of really, really good friends that are in women's basketball, and and I just always find it interesting because sometimes people are like, I just wanted to, like, kind of like what you said, I just wanted to coach. It didn't matter, you know, where or when or how. I just wanted to break into coaching, so I, I think that's really cool. But okay, so now let's fast forward then. Um, hoop juice. So kind of, I know you briefly mentioned it, you know, it's a college placement, you know, you're, you said you're not like, in, you know, the normal, you know, the write ups and, and the things like that. So kind of like in a quick general, you know, general sense, kind of sum that up for me. What What's that look like? A great question. Well, we're NCAA approved uh, women's college basketball placement service, um, obviously owned and operated by me. 
so essentially what I do is, man, I, you know, I'll try to hunt out kids that are flying under the radar. And, you know, in women's basketball, there's not a, a thousand media outlets. There's not a lot of people covering it. Uh, we do have our, our good share of people that are, but a lot of great kids go flying under the radar just because nobody knows about them. Um, so that's what made me want to start my company. And I, and I saw a gap and a need. And uh, obviously, I'm, I'm always truthful with the kids. To, and and you'd probably be surprised at this, but most of my kids are Division two and below. Uh, I have a couple D1 kids sprinkled in here and there. Uh, but that's really the biggest thing for me. I'm always upfront and honest with the parents and the, the players before charging any fees or, or talking anything like that. I say, hey, this is the level I think you can play it after evaluating you. You know, it's, if it's something you feel like you want to pursue further, we can do it. If not, you know, I wish you the best of luck. And and I talked to Trent about that. And, and I will now I'm going to ask you kind of the same idea. How do um how do how do kids and parents take that? Because I know as a you know I'm a player development guy, so I work with a lot of kids, and and I've had that conversation with a lot of kids, especially as of late. And like, it's kind of like you know you you wanna you wanna be positive, and you know yeah, chase your dream, but at the same time, it's like this is where we need to to get you. You know, like you you gotta you know balance that fine line between like you know not crushing dreams and like being realistic. So so how do how do parents and players respond? You know, maybe if you tell them that they're here when they want to be, you know, there. Ah, uh, good question. Uh, everybody obviously has their own kind of thought patterns and response behind that. Um, the biggest thing for me, uh, I try not to kind of worry about how they respond. I just, I try to be honest with them and say, hey, this is what I think I can do for you. Um, you may have somebody else that can do something different. Um, so sometimes they agree, sometimes they don't, and I, I may lose business that way. But I don't, I don't want to put any any bad rep on my business when I don't when I can't produce the results that a client is looking for um, in the end process. So I always try to be upfront and honest. Um, a lot of kids I run into are fringe Division two low D one kids, and I let them know like there's a high chance that you'll play Division two basketball. But right place, right time, right game. Uh, it only takes one game and a coach to believe in you, and you'll get that Division one scholarship. But there's a 90% chance you'll be playing Division two. So yeah. I try to set that. I try to set the lower end of the tone first and, and, and keep it honest with them. Yeah, which, and, and, and I think like, you know, guys like you and guys like Trent that I had on, you know, a couple weeks ago, like, guys like you are important because they you know they're honest and they're not you know trying to line their pockets and, and feeding kids lies because I know you know you know a lot of guys I know a lot of guys that yeah you know you could go wherever you want as long as you could pay this you know this fee <laughs> you know I could get you to Ohio State if you're you know a, a, a division three player I'll get you there just you know pay me and unfortunately I think that's a problem with a lot of people is that they, they go to people that that will tell them you know what they want to hear versus what they need to hear and I think that's a big, big thing, especially for something that, you know, you, you do in terms of the recruiting process. And then I also think that, you know, I said the same thing to Trent, and I'll ask you, um, do you think that the fact that you're, that you're honest and that you're a good evaluator of talent, do you think that that, like, plays a big role in your relationship with, you know, college coaches? Because I was, again, I keep bringing up Trent, but it's kind of, you guys are kind of under the same umbrella, so... Um, mm-hmm. I just keep thinking about that conversation and I know we brought that up and, and he was like, man, you, yeah, like you have no idea because if I'm, you know, if I'm, if I'm in your shoes and a coach from, you know, 
Ohio State reaches out to me and goes, hey, you know, if you have any kids, you know, that you think could play at this level, let me know. And, and if I send them a kid that's a Division three player, maybe not even at a college player, they're going to kind of be like, what? <laughs> or if I'm reaching out to schools like, hey, yeah, I got this kid for you. And then you send them film or they come watch them play and, and there's not that level. Like eventually you're going to like lose that trust from that college coach. So like how, how are you able, you know, to manage that? And, and do you think that that's like an accurate assumption? Oh, great question, man. So usually what I do with college coaches, I'll hit them with a some type of text or a call, say, hey, any specific needs left in, let's say, the 2020 class? And they'll say, hey, we need a, a scoring point guard. And I'm like, do you like small guards or small or big guards? You know, I try to narrow it down as specific as I can before sending them the film. Um, I don't just like randomly blast kids out or send send email blasts. Like I'm very specific in how I attack. And then if I send a, co- a college coach a player and I, oh, this is not it, I'm like, what is missing from this kid? So I know what you're looking for the next time through. Um, mm-hmm. That way, I try to be as accurate as possible. And I and I'm a I feel like I'm a pretty great evaluator as far as level. So I'm never like sending kids to the wrong level um i just try to make sure the college it fits what the college coach is looking for well yeah and and i think that you have a you have a unique approach and a a unique perspective because you coached you know at those levels you know you're a division one assistant division two assistant so like you know you know you've been around those girls and around those players so you know that level and that and the schools you've been at have been you know pretty successful so you you know what it takes to to be a successful college player at that level so i think that you know would obviously hold a lot of weight for you as well now let me ask you this you know obviously with everything going on right now in the world with the whole potentially you know i don't know when aau will start if aau will start you know college coaches can't recruit all that stuff what what are you doing right now like are you just kind of on your on the phone trying to connect kids are you trying to you know maybe get kids looks that maybe we're gonna have you know big summers this year like kind of what what's your take on that uh, great question, man. So the, I guess the good thing I'm, I'm kind of proud of at this point is I think I have about 14 to 15, 20, 20 kids that are signed up under my service. All of them have offers. Um, obviously, it never hurts to have a plethora of options. So I feel good about all my 2020s. Everybody's sitting on at least something. They got somewhere to go. Um, so really, I'm trying to help them navigate the process, make sure they're making a smart decision. Because as you know, man, this this transfer portal is in the mix, and college coaches are looking at that, uh, and rightfully so. I will be too as a college coach. So I'm like, hey, you know, you got a lot of factors playing against you. You got the coronavirus. You got the transfer portal uh, adding kids like like never before. Uh, you know, just be smart on your timelines and know that these offers don't stand forever. And the way I explain it is, hey, you know, this is a coach trying to give you uh, 50 grand to 100 and sixty thousand dollars like you just gonna sit there and wait like you need to be proactive about what you want so yeah yeah now let me ask you this do you think that you know and i asked trent the same thing do you think that some kids that maybe only have you know maybe one offers or two offers and do you think that they're going to be more you know apt to commit you know now rather than waiting you know because you don't know what else you're going to get and i know how you know how you know offers work you know there's so many out there and once you know somebody commits you know they're gone and you know stuff like that so do you think kids are going to be more you know prone to hop into maybe one of those offers that they've been sitting on for a while uh good question man so i think it's really all tied around the april 15th date set by the ncaa to essentially allow the dead period to go away um so i I, my me personally i think they're going to extend that date because right now the national coronavirus crisis isn't flatlining it's still growing um, in the United States. So uh, I think once the NCAA announces that, hey, we're going to extend this date, uh, or they may give a weekend, I don't know, but whenever the NCAA makes their announcement on if that date extends or stops, 
I think that's when you'll see kids committing. If they obviously extend it, I think college coaches are going to put more offers on the table, do more virtual visits, send more YouTube videos about the school. Um, but if they say, hey, we'll give you a weekend, or they say dead periods off, uh, I think kids are just going to resume back to normal, uh, yeah. however they play their process. Yeah. Now, now, how about if I'm a kid, so if I'm a player and I'm listening to this right now, and maybe I don't have any offers. You know, maybe I'm a maybe I'm a 2021 kid, and and this, you know, because 2020s, like you said, you know, you're good on those. You have, you know, your kids have offers, which is great because that's obviously important right now. Because if you're not, if you're 2020 and you don't have any offers right now, I I feel for you. But say I'm a 2021 and I'm listening to this right now, and I'm try- I don't have any offers. I may I might have some interest, but no offers. What can I as a player be doing? you know, during this time? Like, should I be emailing coaches? Should I be emailing film? Should I be, e- like, tweeting film? Like, like, what should I be doing to, to kind of maybe get a coach to, you know, get pique their interest and, and take a look at me? Oh, great question, man. First thing I would do is call Hoop Juice Recruiting. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. Yep, yep. Yeah, man, seriously, uh, you know, if I would obviously reach out to a recruiting service that would probably be first, just based on this this scenario with the, the coronavirus. Um, and obviously you get with one. I would start with the film. I'll get you a three to five minute highlight tape from your high school season. Uh, make that accessible on YouTube. Uh, to be honest with you, Huddle is a great platform, but it's hard to watch videos sometimes on your mobile device for college coaches. And if they can't get it to work, boom, they're going to click to the next kid. So YouTube always works, never fails. Get your video on YouTube. Um, have two full games uploaded on YouTube. And obviously, create yourself an email template where you don't have to use Alex Tilkins, don't where you don't have to like change the school name and all that stuff. Make it generic, make it tight. Put your stat lines in there and send your film off in there. Um, it's, it takes a lot of follow up, but that's where I would start. And also, obviously, getting as many people as you know to post your video on social media, moms, dads, uncles, aunties, coaches, because um, you never know who might share a video and who that person is connected to on social media. Maybe a college coach in their network. So. Yeah, yeah, and that's what you know. I, I work with a couple girls right now, and fortunately, they're most of them are twenty twenty one, so they're not you know that they're they were kind of hoping for big AAU seasons, but I know that they you know they're still going to have it in their high school season, and they've been you know tweeting stuff at me, and I, I try to retweet it because I'm connected with a lot of different coaches. But at the same time, let me ask you this, and this is an interesting you know question that I would love to know, and I'm very curious about. As a former college coach, you would have good insight on this too. Would you ever offer a kid by strictly seeing video? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've done that before. Um, but it's, I'm probably gonna, me personally, I'm probably gonna watch five to seven games. I'm gonna watch some good games. I'm gonna watch some bad games. Um, you never know the scenario. Even when this crisis wasn't going on, some colleges don't have budgets to go see kids. Like, for instance, I coached at uh, USC Upstate. Uh, we were recruiting a kid in in Chicago. Uh, we actually did have the resources to fly down, and we did. But before that, we had we had offered her via video. So it just it just depends um, on the situation um, and, and the kid. Like some kids, you can see on film, like, hey, this this is a, a six four girl. She can shoot the three or whatever. Like we need to go ahead and offer her. Like there's no it's a no brainer for that for that level. Um, so it just depends on the situation. Yeah, yeah, because that that, that was one of the main things that I was kind of interested in, even for twenty twenty kids, because like if you're you know obviously they don't have AAU but you know if they were getting looked at by schools and and things like that and maybe if they never met the coaches and they were, they were planning on going on a visit or you know whatever they were going to do and now with all this happening like I didn't know if you know any coach would be willing to take that that, that leap because I know that's I mean it, it it has to be tough and you have to be taking a risk because you know you don't know 
you know, like if you've never met the person, met the player personally, and and you, you don't know them, and know their kind of their attitude and things like that. If you're just going strictly off film, I know film obviously doesn't lie, but I feel like film also doesn't, you know, tell the whole story. No, that's that's a hundred percent true, man. I can give you another scenario. I have a, a junior college guard with me now. She's considered a, a small guard for women's basketball at five two, five three, but she would run circles around a lot of Division One uh, point guards, Division uh, low major Division One point guards as well. But unfortunately, she's not able to get in any workouts and any open gyms to show that she can run circles around some of the players on these teams. So she she'll probably end up landing at a, at a Division Two just because she can't get in, in any open workouts right now and show that she can more than hold her own against against bigger guards so yeah yeah now now okay so if if and again i'm going to stay with like the player situation then so if kind of if aau if i if i'm a 2021 kid because i know that's important you know because this is their last you know full season at aau um how important is AAU versus high school basketball? I'm, I'm always interested to hear college coaches because I know I have my opinion and, and I know that I've talked to a lot of people that have their opinion as well. And I feel like sometimes it's different than, you know, what you know I think or what they think or what he or she thinks. So in your opinion, like as a, as a former college coach and, you know, as doing what you're doing now, when's the best time to evaluate a kid? Is it on the AAU circuit or is it in high school? Uh, great question. Um, I would say I would say eighty percent of the evaluations come from travel basketball, just for the simple fact that when you're in season as a college coach, you're trying to win games, you're trying to you know make sure your players are good, making sure they're going to class. You have a thousand different things going on during the school year, so it makes it a lot harder to get to games and stuff. But uh, in the summertime, obviously Division Two, even some smaller Division Ones, you don't have kids there at all times during the summer so you can focus on recruiting you don't have to uh follow up as much on them because they're at home and they're in a good place uh kind of uh not not in your hands per se not your responsibility for that time being so it makes it a lot easier to focus on recruiting and, and dive into that yeah so so then what does your schedule look like like obviously like let's pretend like you know all this stuff isn't happening right now and and you would be you know out doing what you're doing like like what 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 is your day-to-day like in terms of like going to watch different different tournaments or like during the high school season are you going to different high schools like how are you you know evaluating players and, and kind of getting out there uh great question man so i do a lot of my stuff is internet based film based um i do a lot of hunting uh for players on twitter uh, i have these massive coaches books from all these tournaments. I mean, probably 10, 20,000 phone numbers of kids I'll never be able to reach out to. Um, so it's kind of a one by one basis. And also now that I'm, I'm growing, I'm getting a lot of income at least because you'll see I'll have kids getting JUCO offers, Division One, Division Two offers, and that, and that sparks interest in other people with, with nothing on the table. Uh, and I feel like I'm a, I'm a pretty genuine person and really good at what I do. So it's a mix of incoming. Um, don't really go to a lot of travel ball practices because, to be honest with you, no travel ball coach is going to advise a player to go with a, a college placement service. That's um, Travel ball coach, a lot of them are against me. So just for just because of my title. And um, so, yeah, and I'll go to I'll go to the travel tournaments, though. Um, I used yeah. to be out all of I was playing on I mean the, the July live period was doing my, my birthday weekend this year. Not July but April. 
April Lafayette was during my birthday weekend this year, but obviously that got canceled. For girls, we get April, May, and then we get uh, two breakoffs in July. So I was planning on being out for all of those. So then, how how do you think the future is looking? Then do you do you think you know? Obviously, you know you don't have all the answers because if you did, you know you'd be out there saving the world right now. But <laughs> let's say that you know you did know, or you know you're being optimistic. Like like, what does this summer look like? Like, how do you think it's going to end up playing out? Great question, man. I I have a couple different views on it, but if I had to guess, um, I think uh, this April and May live period for girls will get pushed in, pushed into June. Um, and then we'll have our July. Uh, that, that's best case scenario. But honestly, with the way the coronavirus is going, I could see the whole summer getting wiped out. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, which, it's more of a more of a long view on things. But like this, we haven't we haven't found a solution yet. Yeah, yeah. Which it, again, it, it it kills me for the kids that you know we're we're waiting for this because I got I like I said before I have kids that you know were really had good high school seasons and and they were ready to go out and they were willing, ready to have a big time summer and now they're like. Man, I I can't even get in the gym to work out. You know, I can't. I mean, I can't do anything. And I'm like, I feel bad because there's literally nothing I could do because I'm over here too. And and I mean, we have everything shut down as well. So I'm hurting just like they are in terms of not being able to get in the gym. But I I, I just I, I don't know. Well, I want to be optimistic, like you said, but the, like the, the the reality and the and the uh, the common sense in me is like I don't know if there's going to be you know anything you know this summer, which is brutal and terrible to think about but i mean there's obviously nothing we could do about that outside of doing what you know we're told to do oh 100 percent, man i think obviously the biggest thing i would recommend for players uh whether you go to recruiting service or not uh got it got to get your video circulating um get your three to five minute highlight tape um get your two games two or three games online um gotta gotta remain visible that's usually the issue for most of the kids i work with i was telling them, like i'm not gonna make you a better player i'm not training you whatever i'm bringing visibility to all the work the body of work that you already have done so yeah 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 okay so then uh, let's kind of transition off that then like as a as a player or as a former coach i should say because like i said you have a very interesting perspective and you know now you're doing what you're doing i, I want to pick your brain a little bit what should like you said you think a three to five minute highlight tape and then a full game like like what are coaches more you know like like what's gonna let's let's word it like this what's gonna attract a coach's eye you know first is it gonna be a full game or will it be a highlight and then to go hey you know i like this player you know let me check out a full game you know like like what's gonna catch that eye first uh i would say a highlight tape uh definitely the first eye catching man because coaches i mean they're getting especially at this point, but as a college coach, I was getting flooded with probably 15, 20 emails a day from random people. Watch my kid do this, do that. And if there was a highlight tape, I would watch it. If there was a full game and it was somebody random that I didn't know, probably wasn't going to watch it. I didn't, I didn't have the time to sit and watch an hour worth of film. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can break it down, I'll know based on you know the tape if I should go in and watch the full game film, call you or do whatever. So Yeah, yeah. Now, how – uh, and again, this is staying around you and, and, and the coaching aspect of it. What's the biggest difference between Division One women's basketball and Division Two women's basketball? Because I feel like, like you mentioned, like it's kind of on that fringe of you know very similar, but then also very you know different. And, and I'm sure that you know we could talk about the size and the things like that, which is kind of like you know the intangible aspect of basketball. But like outside of like that. Like, like what as a college coach is like the biggest difference between the two levels? Uh, good question. You're talking about women's basketball, right? Women's, yep, women's basketball. 
Uh, so I kind of categorize it as uh, low major, division one, mid major, high major, probably like most people. But I, honestly, I don't think there's a, high, a big difference between those teams that compete very well in high division two. Uh, like, for instance, I was at University of Charleston uh, last year, man, and I could say probably four or five of the kids on our We had a couple of division one transfers, but even those that would came in as freshmen and D2 kids, man, they were division one level players. They just didn't develop until probably their sophomore year to that level player, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, so there's not really a difference between those high, high level competitive division two kids and those low division one kids. Um, obviously there's a gap in mid major and D two. And usually that's a, a thing of speed and athleticism. It's not always size, uh, using speed athleticism. Um, and then you, and it also could be the role that the kids playing on the team. Like there's some kids playing high major, mid major ball that are just pure shooters. And that's what they do. That's their role. That's what they stick to. So it's really right place and right time. Um, in my personal opinion yeah yeah and and that's what and that's what i try to tell a lot of the kids i especially the girls that i work with is like it all matters like you know almost like a like you said the visibility i like how you put that because it's almost like a who knows who that could you know put you in front of someone that that, that may like you and that may you know want you on their team because i go i know i go and i watch games and i'll, I'll see a game and i'll think man you know they could play here you know, but it's like you're not putting yourself out there. So you have to be willing, especially now, you know, if you're not doing it, literally no one else is. So like it kind of is going to test the test the how bad do you want it? You know, like how bad do you want to play? Because it's all on you at this point. Oh, you hit it on the head, man. And I think as far as vis- going back to visibility, I always tell parents it takes eight to 15 touches usually with college coaches to get them to open your film. And I always tell parents, too, there's a, I play a, a 30 a thirty to 90 day process. Like I, It's not a flip of the switch when you guys get with me. It's not like a plug and play. Uh, I have to do my, my system of getting the coaches to open the film, but I, I can guarantee you there's a place for you in college basketball. Just may not always be where you want it to be, but there's a place for everybody in college basketball, whether that's D1, D2, D3, JUCO, NCC, AA, USC, AA. Just, just depends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which and then I think that I think that's important, you know, for players to understand because I think sometimes kids have the attitude of, you know, if I can't go here, I don't want to play and and I know a lot of players that have, you know, ha- haven't had, you know, college careers basically because of that reason, you know, because of I want to go here, you know, like that D1 or bust mentality and it's just like the first thing I ask kids, you know, when I start working with them is, you know, do you want to play in college and and if they say yes, you know, then I'll say, okay, where do you want to play? And then if they give me an example, you know, I'll go, okay, you know, have you ever seen them play? You know, have you ever gone to a live game and, you know, seen them play? And they give me the, oh, no, but I saw them on TV, you know, <laughs> one of those. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, but go see them play, you know, because, like, you don't understand, you know, in, until you're at a game, you know, until you're at that level and you see the, like you mentioned, the athleticism, the size, the speed, the strength, all that, like, it's hard to measure that, you know, on TV. You know, you could watch the game in terms of skill and really, really appreciate skill on TV, but when it comes time to to being at the game and to seeing all those intangibles, you know, maybe if you go to a game, maybe you'll leave kind of humbled and go, ah, you know, maybe I don't know if I could play here or, you know, I got to do a lot of work to to get to that level you know so I think that's one of the most important things you know for any player especially ones that I work with is just be realistic and go watch games you know because I've also had players where I work with them and you know I'll say do you want to play in college and they'll say like no like I just want to have a great you know high school career or I want to you know play varsity as a freshman or whatever their goal is and that's 100% fine you know but like when if I'm working with you and I'm sure you're the same way you know it's like 
I need to know you're all in on yourself before I can go all in on you because I'm going to go all in on you. And if you're, if it's a, you know, if it's a one way street and you know, I'm doing everything I can to help you and you're not doing everything you can to help yourself, like then we're going to run into a problem, you know? So like that, just that communication factor and that honesty is huge, you know, to me, especially I'm sure to you as well off the bat. Oh, a hundred percent, man. And I, you know, along with my, my service, obviously I do a lot of the placement part myself but i always tell the kids i'm I'm strategizing them like hey when a college coach hits you up this is how you have a conversation like don't give them two and one word answers like be be thorough with them um i teach them how to obviously post their videos online like for instance this is probably a freebie here but uh, a lot of kids will post youtube links to like twitter uh, instagram and uh facebook when you should be posting the actual video file directly to the platform because that's going to get you probably 10 times more views than it would just posting a YouTube link because you post a YouTube link, people got to click through twice to get to the video and watch ads on the back end if you post the actual raw video file to your platform it plays right away. Yeah, um, and, and that right there, that, that, like you said, that's a freebie. That's free game right there. So you're all welcome yeah. for that. So you're all welcome for that. No, but yeah, no, I, I agree with that 100%. And I think that's like the video component and then like you said, I, I like how you touch on the communication part you know that, that that's so important because like if if i'm gonna you know if i'm if i'm gonna put a college coach you know on the phone with you or if i'm gonna get them to contact you you know i hope that you know how to you know how to communicate effectively and to speak because i i was talking to a couple coaches you know i've had a decent amount of coaches on and and that communication factor is huge because like coaches want you know, good people as well as good basketball players. Like I understand, you know, that no one's perfect and, and there comes a point in time where it's like, you know, you need to win games and you gotta, you gotta have good players to win games. But at that same point, like coaches want good people, man. And that's what I try to tell these kids. Like you could be the best player in the world. If you got a bad attitude or, you know, if you don't know how to act right, like eventually that's going to bite you in the butt. So like, you gotta be, you gotta be able to talk you know, form sentences, don't, you know, give a yeah, yep, or yeah, or no, or yeah, or whatever, like, no, like, talk, you know, and I, I think that's important, so I'm happy you hit on that, because I do think that's a key, you know, aspect to it. Oh, yeah, 100%, man, it's just a two-way street, like, I could be blasting your film out, getting everybody to call you, but if you, like, your cell phone's off, or you're not picking up, then we're just really wasting, wasting everybody's time, and I can't keep burning connections. I agree with that 100%. Now, before I let you go, Coach, I got one more question for you, um, something I always like to end, end the podcast with and uh, something to kind of get you thinking a little bit. Um, what is one non-negotiable thing that you have to do every day, like like a routine or a habit maybe, just something you do on a daily basis that, that you got to make sure you get done? Uh, good question, man. I, I'm not too much of a high-maintenance guy. Uh, obviously, I like – walking my dog like doing that but uh i actually read this uh thing called the d1 ticker uh, which kind of explains and breaks down all the hottest uh at college athletics news from division one division two on down and they probably put 15 20 articles in there a day and also do an evening edition as well so i find that very informative to keep up with the college athletics landscape i love that i love that now obviously before i let you go you gotta tell everybody where to find you in terms of you know hoop juice and and twitter and facebook and all that stuff like you were just mentioning your website so go ahead and uh plug that before we get out of here oh definitely man i appreciate it the best way to find me is with my phone number 864-325-4998 again it's it's not a hidden number but obviously i run hoop juice recruiting uh you can find me at hoopjuice.com uh, you can also find me at twitter.com slash hoopjuice 
underscore. And same thing on Twitter. My Twitter handle is uh, hoopjuice underscore. So everything's kind of uniform there. And I'm on Facebook as well, uh, Tobias Pinson. Awesome. Coach, I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, hopefully we get through this and uh, some players could, uh, you know, get to hooping this summer. Oh, man, I'm proud. I mean, I, I enjoy travel season, especially now that I'm on the, the other side of it, man. As a, as a college coach, man, you're sitting there forced to have to evaluate the whole time. When I'm going to events now, I'm, I'm talking to people, man. I'm shaking hands, meeting and greeting. So I, I'm going to miss that aspect. Hopefully we can get it back here soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was great having you. I appreciate you taking the time. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pew Podcast. If you guys want to know when new episodes come out, head over to the Apple Podcast app, subscribe to the podcast, and while you're there, leave us a review. That would help the podcast grow tremendously, and I'd really appreciate it. Lastly, make sure you guys are following me on all social media. So Twitter, I am at Anthony underscore Pew 2. And Instagram, I'm at Anthony Pew 2. And that's Pew, P-U-G-H. I appreciate your guys' support, and we'll catch you in the next one.